people were involuntarily trembling. One observer noting yesterday as families arrived at Covenant School, Nashville, looking for their children. Another mass shooting. Another elementary school. As of this recording, three nine-year-olds, three adults dead. And so is the shooter. Police say the shooter was a former student who was struggling with his gender identity. Why did this 28-year-old take rifles into the school to take lives? We may never fully know, but we do know hearts are hurting in the heart of Tennessee. One mother on our team praying yesterday for the victim's families. Lord, how long until we no longer have to pray this prayer? David wondered this often. How long, O Lord? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? And then at the turn at the end of Psalm 13, But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. Christ is our only hope. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series called Darkness to Light. Yesterday it was a dark day in Nashville. Let's keep praying for the families affected by that tragic shooting at a Christian school in Nashville. May the hope and light of Jesus penetrate their sadness and bring hope. And in the midst of this darkness, I want to turn our attention to the light of the resurrection. And that's what we're doing this week. But in order to get to the light, we have to look at the darkest week, the week leading up to Christ's crucifixion. It was the darkest week in the history of humanity, the Lord of glory. God in the flesh, betrayed, trapped, arrested. His own friends abandoned him. His closest allies deserted him. Yes, it was a very dark week, leading to the darkest night. The night he died. The night he was finally arrested after Judas joined forces with those that sought Christ's harm. But the night leads to the morning. Resurrection on Easter Sunday restarted the world and began the last phase in human history. The darkest night, the brightest day. And this week, that's what we're doing. We're walking with Jesus through those darkest hours. And in doing so, my prayer is that you would be once again taken up with just how much the Lord loves you. What Jesus was willing to endure should make our hearts lurch, but also leap. Lurch as we grieve our own sin. Leap as we realize he loved us before our sin was dealt with. And he did it out of love. Well, today we're going to think more about Christ's betrayal. What a dark night that turned out to be. But we'll also see how this was all part of God's great plan of redemption for people like you and me. And we'll also be joined by pastor and author Marty Mitkowski. Yesterday, Marty joined us on the program to talk about the Easter season and how out of darkness comes the light of the resurrection. And then on Resurrection Sunday, it flips that crucifixion. It flips death on its head. Jesus rises from the grave and we have the brightest day in history. Uh, Victory to the King. Pastor Marty Mikowski will be back with us in a moment to talk about the betrayal of our Lord. And after the program, I want to share with you the book he was just talking about called Darkest Night, Brightest Day, a family devotional for Easter. 
This book could very well start a new tradition with the children in your life or just you and help shine the light of the resurrection into lives all around you. But even if you don't have any children, this still would be a great book to share with any of the children in your life this Easter season. And we can send it directly to someone else so that they get it in time for Easter this year. For your gift to the ministry, we'll send you Darkest Night, Brightest Day. Just go to our website, take a look at the sample pages from the book, but then make your gift there at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Or call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And just before we hear our first song, let me remind you that we still have copies of the new hardback Amazing Grace, The Life of John Newton, and the surprising story behind his song. Read a sample chapter on our website and get it there. Or call us for a copy to read and a copy to give. And now let's open our program with Laura's story. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope with no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested and my life began Darkness rejoices though 
was arrested, is what she called it. Laura Story opening this haven today. I'm Charles Morris, a program called Darkest Night, Brightest Day. And as I said when we began our time together, my prayer for all of us this week is that we will once again be taken up with just how much Christ loves you and me. When you think about the darkest night and the brightest day, you see how Jesus was willing to endure all that pain to bring us so much joy. And this really should make our hearts lurch and leap, lurch as we grieve our own sin, leap as we realize he loved us before our sin was dealt with. And he did it all out of love. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I just can't help it. The story of Jesus is the greatest story ever told. It started with a little baby born to a poor family, It ended with a poor man betrayed by his closest friends and put to death next to poor criminals. I spoke to my friend Marty Mikowski, who wrote The Darkest Night, Brightest Day, about Jesus' life, and specifically about the end. When Jesus was betrayed, trapped, and then arrested, I want you to hear what Marty told me. One of the things that I appreciate you do, you get us ready for the final outcome by dealing with the trap that was laid for our Lord, but then also the tragic event of his betrayal. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, the the Pharisees were looking for some way to uh, justify their jealous arrest of Jesus. And uh, so, you know, they they show him the coin. Um, Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Uh, And Jesus so brilliantly says, well, whose picture is on on the coin, uh, Caesar. Oh, well, then render unto Caesar what is Caesar, render unto God what is God's. They, they can't trap him. They're, they're left befuddled. But then comes Judas. Judas comes in, and he's willing to betray 
the Lord Jesus Christ for 30 pieces of silver prophesied in the Old Testament, both his betrayal and the price of the betrayal. And we see this tragedy that one of the men who Jesus just earlier had washed his feet now turns against the Lord. Have you ever thought, Marty, of putting yourself into the role of Judas? You know, one New Testament scholar I know said, read yourself into the text. Have you ever thought of yourself as having betrayed your Lord? Well, that's, that's, that's a heavy thought. Um, it is. I think that we as, as readers of the scripture, we like to read ourselves in as the hero. So, you know, in the story of David and Goliath, we all think that we're David when we're, yes. we're really the, the sinful Israelites refusing to trust God to go to battle against the foe. And here, uh, you know, we might tend to think that uh, we would not have denied or run away. But the reality is, apart from God's grace, where we began, mm. we are all like Judas. We seek our own good. We seek our own gain. And uh, yeah, you know, it's a that's a scary thought. But isn't that what uh, we've been saved from? Um, all our lives are sinful. Not, not one is righteous, not even one, Paul says hmm. to the Romans. Hmm. That was Marty Mikowski. He's a pastor in Greater Philadelphia. He's the author of Darkest Night, Brightest Day, sharing with us about Christ's betrayal and arrest and how we can see ourselves in the story of Jesus' darkest hours. By all accounts, Jesus had a sad life. The book of Isaiah foretold a Messiah who would become a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. That was Jesus. He wept often. He felt grief. And at the end, he faced what many of us have experienced, betrayal. I'm going to take Marty's advice, looking at all the people involved, and I want to think with you about how we're just like them. Think about Judas. How could anyone be like Judas? He's called the son of perdition, the son of destruction. He certainly was unique. He was the only person to sell Jesus out completely. And to that, I would say, yes, Judas was unique. But we would be foolish not to think a little more, a little deeper than that. What did he do? He sought his own good. He saw Jesus, and instead of seeing his own need for grace, he saw the hardships that would come from following Christ and decided that a little money was a whole lot better. He disregarded Christ for the sake of his own greed and desire. And haven't we all done that in our quiet moments? Haven't you found yourself with a similar thought? When faced with a choice between your own comfort and following Christ, haven't you sometimes chosen yourself? Just like Judas, we're prone to trade Jesus for a little momentary pleasure. But Judas wasn't the only one who betrayed Jesus. Remember Peter? Jesus told Peter he would betray him. And after his arrest, that's exactly what happened. John the Apostle telling us that Peter and he went to watch Jesus' trial, and when they got there, Peter was recognized. Seeing what happened to Christ frightened Peter. So he told a lie. Three times. He said, I didn't even know him. Betrayal. 
And we do the same thing. We know the cost of following Christ, and sometimes we choose to deny our faith in order to make things better for ourselves. Wouldn't you agree? We might not swear up and down like Peter did, but when faced with the opportunity to identify with our Lord, sometimes we choose to identify with ourselves instead. That's betrayal. We've all been betrayed at some point, and when we have been, it crushes us. The broken trust stings and feels cruel. It makes you feel all alone. Jesus knows what that was like. He was betrayed, and not only betrayed, he was abandoned, abandoned by his closest friends, abandoned and arrested. They wanted to kill him, those religious leaders of the day, but they needed their opportunity, and Jesus helped them find one. And once arrested, the betrayal grew deeper. His friends ran away when the mob came to arrest Jesus. And then they watched and refused to defend him, refused to even identify themselves with him. Betrayal. Meanwhile, the trap was set. Get Jesus to say something close to blasphemy, then we can incite the crowd to kill him. That was their plan, and it worked. It was the darkest night the world has ever known. Betrayed, abandoned, arrested, trapped. But something else was going on that night, something his enemies couldn't see, something his disciples would only remember three days later. Life was stirring. The hope of the world was about to dawn, even as the light of the world was being snuffed out. In the face of betrayal, Jesus was going to open his arms and invite all to come and receive his love. His arms spread on the cross, telling us that he was put to death against his will, but on a deeper level he was willing. He was going there on purpose, because he understood what salvation cost. And as his arms were spread, and as his arms were spread, he was telling us and everyone to come. He was betrayed, but his love displayed in his death shouts to us that he will never betray us. He is faithful, even unto death. The darkest night would give way to the brightest day. Jesus offers us his friendship in the place of our betrayal. He offers us his very presence in the face of our abandonment. To all who are weary in this world, Christ offers hope and grace. Betrayed, abandoned, arrested, trapped, the resurrection undid all of that and brought us into a new world. All who trust in Christ are in him, and everyone who trusts is a new creation. So come, because it's not too late. You may feel far away today. You may feel ridden with guilt because of your sin. Jesus' scarred hands are open wide to welcome you as his friend and to wash away your guilt. All you need to do is come. Are you weary, heavy laden? Come and lay your burdens down. Jesus calls you, Jesus draws you, rest in Him. He is gentle, He is lowly, He delights to bring us peace. Tender shepherd, mighty Savior, 
a single by Matt Merker. Come to Jesus, rest in Him here in this haven today. And all this week, we'll be thinking about Christ's darkest week and how that leads us to the brightest day of all, Resurrection Sunday. Easter is coming. So I hope you can join us again tomorrow, along with pastor and author Marty Mikowski. I've enjoyed talking with him about the Lord and Easter. Did you hear in his voice how excited he gets as he reflects on Jesus. 
I know you'll find the same passion for our Lord as you read his book called Darkest Night, Brightest Day, a family devotional for Easter. Start a new Easter tradition in your home, with yourself, or with your family if you have one, with this beautifully illustrated upside-down book. And let me add the devotions in this book will encourage anyone. Janet and I are looking forward to reading through it this Easter season, but it would also make a great present to include in an Easter basket this year as well. We have the book. We can send them directly to you or to someone you love. ASAP. Darkest Night, Brightest Day. It's a book I'm sure that will become a treasured favorite in your home to be used every Easter as a reminder of how God turned that darkest night into the brightest day. So for your gift to the ministry, we'll send you Darkest Night, Brightest Day, the Easter devotional. Just go to our website, take a look at the sample pages in the book, and make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And as we have to go in a moment, let me remind you that the last two weeks we were talking about grace, receiving God's grace, giving God's grace through Jesus Christ. Why not both? We still have the new hardback Amazing Grace, the life of John Newton, and the surprising story behind his song. Read the sample chapter we've put on our website. You can get it there. Or call us for copies to receive and copies to give. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, together, we'll be sharing the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. What does it mean to succeed? Every college recruiter tells the next generation that part of that answer will be attending their institution. Every CEO will tell you it's managing a business well. The world will tell us it's being rich and famous. What is success? How do we succeed? Paul had a completely different view in Romans 8. We are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. That's what he said. In Christ, we have success. And I skipped over something. Paul was talking about enduring the hardships of life with the resolute face of faith. In all these things, he said, we are more than conquerors by faith, not by works. Success is found at Calvary. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.